0: So, I just realized this is our last night of student takeover, and uh, that sucks, because now we have to listen to Alex and Johnny again, Um, (laughs) but I'm sure a lot of you are probably uh, pretty happy you don't have to listen to us anymore, because unlike them, we didn't actually get a degree in this. Um, (laughs) So, if you don't know me, I am Sam. Um, You can probably recognize me from memes on Instagram. Slide. Slide. Thank you, Shelby. Uh, that's amazing. <laughs> and uh, playing keyboard on stage as well. So I'm only a junior this year, but I'm really glad that I have another uh, year at Gather here because it's a whole lot of fun and we have a great atmosphere and great group of people to be around. Anyway, this week um, we are still in the book of Judges, but today uh, in the cha- in chapters 11 through 12, um, looking at the judge Jephthah. Before we do a deep dive, um, I'd just like to a little bit of background information and go over the passage that we'll be teaching about tonight slide now jephthah the gileadite was a mighty warrior but was the son of a prostitute gilead was the father of jephthah and gilead's wife also bore him sons and when his wife's sons grew up they drove jephthah out and said to him you shall not have an inheritance in our father's house for you are the son of another woman Then Jephthah fled from his brothers and lived in the land of Tob, and worthless fellows collected around Jephthah and went out with him. After a time, the Ammonites made war against Israel, and when the Ammonites made war against Israel, the elders of Gilead went to bring Jephthah from the land of Tob. And they said to Jephthah, come and be our leader, that we may fight against the Ammonites. But Jephthah said to them, to the elders of Gilead, did you not hate me and drive me out of my father's house? Why have you come to me now when you are in distress? And the elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, that is why we have turned to you now that you may go with us and fight against the Ammonites and be our head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. Okay. Jephthah said to the elders of Gilead, if you bring me home again to fight against the Ammonites and the Lord gives them over to me, I will be your head. And the elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, the Lord will be witness between us if we do not do as you say. So Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead and the people made him head and leader over them. And Jephthah spoke all his words before the Lord at Mitzvah. So I know that was a lot of reading, um, but this story is going to help us understand uh, later on. So we are told that Jephthah has step-siblings that have not taken to him, and his mother was a prostitute, though she did not go ice fishing. And (laughs) uh, and second, they didn't like him because he just simply wasn't from the same mother as them. His brothers told him uh, that he wasn't going to receive any inheritance either. So Jephthah did what any of us would have done, and just left. He straight up fled and uh, walked out on everyone. And then the Ammonites came and threatened Israel, um, and the elders went to get Jephthah. So this is where our first main idea um, comes up, when the elders show up to get Jephthah to help defeat the Ammonites. Um, And he answers them by saying, Did you not hate me and drive me out of my father's house? Why have you come to me now when you are in distress? So this is... um, part of the main idea again. So the elders drove him out and rejected him at first and then came to him needing um, help from the attack on Israel. So part of the deal with Jephthah coming back would be that the elders would make him their ruler or their head. For as much as the leaders drove or the elders drove him out in the beginning, um, they held up their end of the bargain and ended up making him their ruler at the end. So now after Jephthah became leader, he asked God to deliver the Ammonites to him. The problem for Jephthah was that there was a catch, but it was really Jephthah's fault because he made the promise. Jephthah promised that whoever came out of his home to greet him first would be sacrificed to God, except God held up his end of the deal and delivered the Ammonites to him, but Jephthah did not hold up his end. So um, instead of Jephthah uh, going through his promise to God and uh, sacrificing his daughter, instead he decided to cheat his way out of it. By sending his daughter away, which is not the same as sacrificing her, because she is still alive. Um, And in the end, God had Jephthah killed, because Jephthah did not keep his promise. He was killed by um, the men of Gilead, and they caught him and asked him if he was an Ephraimite, but he denied. And then they had a test for him to figure out if he was or not. So they told him to pronounce the word Shibboleth, but Jephthah could not, and instead said Sibboleth. So because he could not pronounce a word, he was killed. So instances as this don't only occur in Judges. The pattern has gone on for a while. For instance, um, in Genesis 22, 1 through 2, um, with God testing Abraham, God wanted to test Abraham so that he was told to take his son and sacrifice his son um, for God. Abraham put his trust in God, and uh, he was going to go through with it, but then God ended up showing mercy and had a ram killed in his son's place. So who's to say that Jephthah... And his daughter wasn't, weren't going to have the same situation. But the problem was that he did not put his faith in God. So throughout all these stories, someone at some point, someone is going to use someone when they need them and either neglect their own promise or hold up their end of the deal. In the first passage, the elders need Jephthah, and they make their deal with him that he will be leader, and they keep that pact. Um, and In the second passage, Jephthah makes a deal with God but does not keep his end of the bargain. You can go back to give them the other one if you want. <laughs> Sorry, that went fast. You move on, Evan. No, yeah. Okay. Um, in this, so in the third passage, then with the story of Abraham, um, Abraham does go through um, and ends up trying to do what God has told him to do, but instead God ends up stopping it. So in my own life, I have had this problem as well um, with promises and stuff. Just because I'm not the one speaking up here doesn't make me, like, not able to have this problem. So in the last two years, I've had four family members pass away. Um, Not close, but, like, distant. Um, Throughout this time, I did a lot of praying, obviously, Um, but I didn't always stick to prayers. Um, So my biggest problem in my praying was that when someone was in the hospital or badly sick, um, of course, I would pray, and I would pray that God would heal them, though God did not just cure someone with cancer or make someone like miraculously be fine. but um I didn't expect them to either. but the thing was that once God had cured someone at all, even in the slightest, or made them better. I stopped praying, because I had gotten what I needed God to do for me, so now I feel like I'm okay to just let it go. You see, sometimes we ask God's help, um, but forget about him, and it works the other way as well. You cannot reject God until you need him, because God is not just a tool for us to use when it's convenient, but he is something we keep on us always. So the first thing that I do when I walk in the door from school is I just walk in throw my backpack down, and go right to my phone because who doesn't? Um, So the point is that even though school is necessary because that backpack, I mean, okay, we all hate school because it's not very fun, but school is necessary for us to live our lives. And even though I hate school, uh, I'll throw my backpack down and go to my phone. But why don't I pick up my backpack and start doing my homework because that's what I need to do? So instead, God needs to be our phone in that sense. God needs to be our friends, our um, anything that you just never want to put down, your social media. Um, So God needs to be that thing that we never leave home without, the thing that we never forget to have on us. And he should be someone that we cannot live without. So imagine if your phone was just taken away. I mean, it it would be terrible. But I'm sure... You've had your phone taken away when, like, you get grounded or something, but just it was just gone forever because I know it would suck because I'm on my phone a little bit more than I should be as well. Um, but this is how God should be for us. He should be the thing that we are addicted to and cannot imagine a day without. So the whole idea of these passages is this. We cannot push God away and out of our lives and then ask him to save us. Yes, God is always very forgiving and merciful, but that does not mean that we, he will answer every prayer you speak after openly denying him. If you expect him to heal you after, or not heal you, but um, answer your prayers after you reject him and push him away for years, I mean, even though he loves you, I don't know. <laughs> the whole point of salvation is that you have faith in God and allow him into your life. If you push him away, you cannot have faith, and therefore you cannot be saved. So we have some discussion questions here. Okay, so just to go, um, I'll come back first of all, to go a little bit more in depth with um, Jephthah's tragic vow, um, I just wanted to read a little bit of the passage. So then Jephthah came to his home at Mitzpah, and behold, his daughter came out to meet him with tambourines and with dances. She was his only child. Besides her, he had neither son nor daughter, and as soon as he saw her, he tore his clothes and said, Alas, my daughter, you have brought me very low, and you have become the cause of great trouble to me. For I have opened my mouth to the Lord, and I cannot take back my vow. So, and then I'd like to have the band come back up here. So, so whether or not your phone is your car, um, good grades, your, rep- your reputation, or maybe it actually is your phone, it cannot um, replace God. God needs to take that place of your phone and be the thing that you are addicted to. So I just bow your heads and pray with me. Dear God, um, thank you for this day. I just ask that uh, everyone here is able to walk away with something. And, uh, and I thank you for the great night we've had at Gather here. And um, I ask, everyone, ask that you allow everyone to uh, listen to the worship and uh, take away from tonight. Thank you.